Amen. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27, verse 1. Years ago, I was reading F.B. Meyer's uh, book on Joseph, and he was describing how Joseph had interpreted the chief cupbearer's dream, and he had asked him, will you mention me to Pharaoh and bring me out of this prison because I've been falsely imprisoned? And and Effie Meyer was describing how Joseph, just using a little bit of uh, imagination, how Joseph must have responded because the chief cupbearer, we're told, forgot Joseph. And uh, each time the door opened, Joseph must have looked over eagerly, thinking this is the time. They're going to come. They're going to bring me out of here. Finally, maybe he slowly looked over to see, and then he quit looking. And months probably turned into years. And Joseph was waiting and waiting and waiting for God to intervene. Have you ever been there in your life? You thought, well, Lord, I need your deliverance. Uh, and you're, you're praying for it and you're expecting it and it just seems to delay. It's easy to lose our strength and our joy sometimes in those periods of waiting. And we need to refresh and renew our strength in the Lord uh, when we're going through those times of difficulty and waiting. Um, David apparently is going through one of these times as he writes Psalm 27. And uh, there's some keys here that I think we're going to find as we look into God's Word that show us how we can strengthen our hearts. And uh, some of the things that David did, some of the things that we can do in those times where we're waiting and the waiting is long and the waiting is hard, and we can find that strength that we need. So we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. The title of my message is Strengthening Your Heart. Look with me at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. For he will conceal me in his shelter in the day of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be high above the enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. My heart says this about you. Seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. Because of my adversaries, show me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. Do not give me over to the will of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me 
breathing violence. I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. So strengthening your heart uh, in those times of waiting. How do we do that? Well, the first thing I want you to see is that we need to enjoy Him. Enjoy the Lord. Uh, He says in verse 4, I've asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking Him in His temple. He says, I want to enjoy the Lord with God's people. I want to be in the house of the Lord. There is something about enjoying God's presence in the corporate gathering of God's people that blesses and encourages us in Him. And uh, as God's people talk about it, He says, I want to gaze on the glory of the Lord. Well, how do you do that? Well, He's not literally singing because we know that no human being can look upon God and live. But He is gazing upon the Lord in this sense that As people are sharing about the good things that God has done, as people are praising God for answered prayer, as people are talking about the character of the Lord from His Word, His heart is lifted up in worship and He sees God's character and He sees who God is and it refreshes Him. Uh, Also, when we worship God, uh, we are enjoying Him. But He says, I just enjoy getting together. If there's one thing I could ask God for, I want to be in the house of God. I want to worship with God's people, and I want to be refreshed at the house of God. Can you think of those times in your life where you've been waiting upon God, and you come to the house of God, and you say, Lord, I need to hear from you, and God speaks to your heart, and he encourages you. Maybe it's a song. Uh, There's been a number of times I've been... um, in the, in the time of singing, as, as Philip has sought the Lord, and there'll be a song that he, he uh, has chosen that ministers specifically to me. I'm sure you've probably had the same experience. Uh, or it may be something you hear in the message, or it might be something that you hear in Sunday school or in discussion with other believers as somebody shares an answered prayer. Uh, Arlene was sharing uh, with me this morning. We, we've been praying for, for Arlene's sister if it was God's will to, to get the apartment catty corner to her uh, in the apartment complex. And uh, Arlene was sharing with me this morning, my, my sister got the apartment. And she said we were shouting and we were kind of uh, getting all excited about it. And God had answered prayer. And so um, uh, what a great thing to hear about what God is doing and to enjoy the goodness and the character of God with God's people. It strengthens our heart. It refreshes us. It encourages us. And so we enjoy Him. By the way, there's nothing wrong with enjoying the Lord. Um, You know, some people think, well, if you're holy, that means you have no fun and you always have a, a sour expression on your face and you always dress in black. That is the farthest thing from the truth. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when I come into his presence with God's people and he touches my heart and he comforts me, it gives me joy and it gives me encouragement and it refreshes my spirit. So 
uh, that's the first thing to do if you are having a long season of waiting and you need strength in your heart is come meet with God's people and be refreshed. And by the way, pray about it. Ask God to use this preacher to speak to your heart. Uh, I believe that God answers prayer. As you ask, I'm asking for it as well. I'm saying God speak through me to, to individual needs. But you ask God for God to speak to you. And ask God, say, Lord, help me worship. Help me be refreshed in your presence. And, and help me focus upon you and delight in you in that time of corporate worship. And it will help you to enjoy him. And it will strengthen your heart in a more effective way. So, strengthening your heart, how do you do it? First of all, we need to enjoy him. Secondly, we need to trust him. To trust him. Look at verse 5. For he will conceal me in his shelter in the day of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high upon a rock. He will, he will, he will. The protection of God, trust him for it. Did you know that nothing can come to you without God's permission? And as you trust God in the, in the middle of your circumstances, it will strengthen your heart. It will encourage you. Um, trust him uh, for that hope that you have. He says, he set me high upon the rock. Not only did he protect me, but he exalted me. He says, look, I've recognized that when I just trust God, when I wait on God, when I trust him, he exalts me. What do we read in Isaiah? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. There's an exalting that takes place as we wait on God in faith. So trust him in those circumstances. You say, well, how do I do that? I, I, I'm worrying. What, what happens if what I'm waiting for doesn't happen? Well, when you're, when you're struggling, when you're worrying, when you are distraught in the times of waiting, take it to the Lord. Say, Lord, here's where I am. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm anxious. I'm, I'm worried. I don't know how this is going to turn out, and I'm, I'm really not trusting you. Lord, I, I confess that to you. I know I should be trusting you. But Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? Would you trust through me and help me to rely firmly upon you? Enable me with your strength to take up the shield of faith wherewith I shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And you know what I found when I pray that prayer to God? God answers and he helps me to trust him. And as you trust in the Lord, fear, worry, and so forth, all of that is set aside and you're able to rest. I love what Jesus said. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. Uh, so as you are struggling with, with trusting God, ask the Lord to help you do that. Bring those burdens to Christ. Mix it together with some thanksgiving, as Philippians tells us to do, and God will give you that peace that passes understanding, and he will settle your heart in trust, and it will strengthen you for the waiting. So strengthening your heart, how do you do it? First of all, enjoy him. Secondly, trust him. Thirdly, worship him. Worship him. Look at verse 6. 
Then will my head be high above my enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Did you know it's okay to shout in church? It is. Uh, it's okay to get, get all excited about Jesus and to worship him with enthusiasm. Shout to the Lord, all ye people. Uh, come, come into his presence uh, with, with joy. And so, uh, worshiping him, offering sacrifice. What does it mean to sing and make music to the Lord? You can sing and make music and not do it to the Lord. I know because I have done that. Uh, I, I can remember, I was lost in the early years of my uh, upbringing in my, in my church. And I knew the songs. I had memorized all the songs. And I, I sang the songs because my dad threatened me. Uh, I sang the songs. But... Uh, they meant nothing to me. It was just a singing, but it wasn't to the Lord. There's a difference between singing. I would say some, some songs we sing, we sing about the Lord, or we sing about something that he's done, or uh, maybe some blessing of the Christian life. But you can make those songs to the Lord by saying, Lord, I thank you that you do that in my life. Just silently in prayer to the Lord as you sing. Or, Lord, I, I praise you that you're faithful. But some songs actually address the Lord, and you can sing to the Lord with those songs. But worshiping God, singing a song to the Lord. I had a, a friend down in Texas. He, he was the director of missions of our association, and he was talking about how we get things backwards sometimes. Uh, that we think the people are the audience at church. And that the reason we meet is for the people to get blessed. Now, that's, that's a secondary reason we do meet. The first reason we meet is to bring glory and honor to the Lord. And so the true audience of a worship service is not the people in the worship service. It's God. God is the audience. He's waiting and he's listening to see what we will do and how we will respond to him. And so we worship and we sing in our hearts to the Lord. You remember what Jesus said? Uh, the lady, the Samaritan woman asked him, said, well, well, you Jews say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem, and we say you're supposed to worship here. Uh, which is it? And Jesus says, well, the day's coming where the Father uh, will seek worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, it's not so much the location, but it's the heart attitude toward God in worship. And so, uh, worship involves, I think, two elements, two basic elements. One is praise. That's where we say something about God's character. Lord, I, I praise you because you're good. Or I praise you because you're faithful. Or I praise you, Lord, because you're always the same. I praise you because you're Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We talked about in, uh, in the subject training tonight. But what I praise you, whatever the character quality of God is, you plug that quality in. And maybe you're reading a scripture and you respond to God with worship and you say, uh, Lord, I praise you because of this I, that I see about you in your word. Uh, or maybe the preacher is preaching and you say, Lord, I praise you because of what that preacher just said about your character. And this attitude of worship is an attitude of praise toward God. 
you can praise God in your automobile as you drive down the road. Uh, I did that this, this uh, afternoon. I was driving down the road. I was looking at the mountains. I said, Lord, thank you for your beautiful creation. What a beautiful day it was today. And, uh, and then I, w- I had turned on the music and I shouted. I'll, I'll confess it to you. I shouted. I was listening to a song of worship, and I just got happy in the Lord, and I shouted there in my car. They probably thought I lost my mind. Somebody probably looked over about that time, but that's okay. Uh, But worship is just praising God for who he is, but it's also thanking God for what he does. And one of the amazing things that I've noticed is you can, by a choice of your will, choose to praise God or choose to thank God, and God comes and meets with you. It's, it's one of the most key things that I've found in my personal time with God. It's important in the worship service as well, but in every facet of your life. If you are, are going through a difficult time of waiting in your life, can I tell you something? Your attitude doesn't have to be determined by your circumstance. You can make a choice. I'm going to praise and I'm going to thank God. I, I can remember a season of my life where things were not going well. And, uh, and I, I had just continued to worry and continued to struggle. And I felt the Holy Spirit just kind of convicting me about that. You're not trusting me and you're not resting in me. And I felt like I needed to, to begin to just thank God as an act of the will. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and so I'd get up and I'd go down the hall to visit the facility and I'd thank God on the way down the hall and you know what I noticed I would leave my office with a bad attitude and a sour disposition and on the way to the facility as I thanked God God changed my heart and began to minister to me there's power in it One of the most effective tools that you could ever use in times of waiting, especially where you're struggling and you're weak and you're worn out, is just to turn your eyes upward. One one person said, your uplook determines your outlook. I like that. When you lift up your eyes to the Lord in worship, it changes your perspective. The mountains that seem so high, when you compare them to the great almighty God, become small. He restores my soul. Psalm 23, we were talking about that in discipleship training again. Yes, Uh, but uh, he restores us. How? As we look up to him, as we bring our cares to him and we worship him and we praise him in spite of what is going on in our lives, God begins to change our heart and minister to us in our circumstance. Strengthens our heart. Such a powerful tool. So strengthening your heart, what do you need? You need to enjoy him, trust him, worship him. Next, seek him. Seek him. Verse 8, my heart says about about this, my heart says this about you. Seek his face, or seek my face. Lord, I will seek your face. What's he talking about there? Uh, my brother, when he was little, um, he would notice when my dad would get distracted. My dad's kind of a task-oriented person, you know, and and so uh, 
uh, he'd get distracted about something. And my brother would, he was about two, he would take his hands up on his face and he would turn his face back to him and he'd say, Daddy, look into my eyes. And what he's saying is, <laughs> that's two-year-old language for Dad, pay attention to me. I want to see your face. I want to commune with you. He's seeking that relationship. There's something about seeking the face of God and seeking that relationship with God that, that God honors. The Bible says you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. He also says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. These are promises that God has given us and they're promises associated with seeking his face. And so David says, Lord, I will seek your face. Now what happens when God's face is turned towards you is that God supplies his grace. So see, as you draw near to God in relationship, his grace is poured out for you. Not just, I'm not just talking about grace as far as regards to your sin, but also grace as far as the power and ability to navigate the circumstances of life. Uh, the, the Israelites were told by God uh, that uh, their priests should bless them and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. And this blessing was a reminder to them every day that they were to seek God's face, and as they sought God's face, God's grace would be poured out in their lives. If you're going through a time of waiting, and you're struggling, and you're weak, and you're discouraged, can I tell you something? As you seek God's face, His grace will be poured out into your life, and He will strengthen your heart and give you the ability to continue to carry on. What an amazing God we have. So seek him. How do you seek God? Well, there's a number of ways. You can seek him by being in the word of God. You can seek him through times of worship, as we've just mentioned. You can seek him by coming to the house of God with God's people. Um, you can seek him in uh, just times of prayer, um, bringing your burdens to him. These are all ways to seek him. You can seek him in, even in service. Um, Jesus said, inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so you can minister to the needs of others, and that's one way of seeking him and seeking to do good to him and to honor him through ministry to others. So those are some ideas, but seek God. It will strengthen your heart. So strengthening your heart, how do you do it? Uh, enjoy him, trust him, worship him, seek him. And follow him. Look at verse 11. Because of my adversaries, show me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. That's a great prayer to pray in a time of waiting. Um, sometimes we look at the big picture, we can get discouraged. But Jesus said, uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You focus on what God wants you to do today. You bring your burdens to him today, and you follow him, and God will sustain you. Um, sometimes in my life, I've had to be reminded 
My job is not to keep everything under control. That's God's job. My job is simply to obey God for what he tells me to do today. He is the one who's sovereign. I'm just an instrument. He is the one who has the great plan. I'm just an instrument. And as I obey God, God uses me to be a part of his plan. Uh, and so What a freeing thing that is to recognize that I'm just the instrument. All I have to do is follow what God tells me to do today. Very simple, but very powerful. Um, what is God telling you to do today? When you wake up tomorrow, what is God telling you to do with Monday? <laughs> Did you know Monday can be a powerful day if you're walking in the will of God and he can use you? So follow him. And, and that will strengthen your heart in times of waiting. Why? Because as you focus on what you're supposed to do today, it gets your, it gets your focus off your ultimate waiting and gets your focus on how can I be used of God today. Um, sometimes uh, life is what happens when you're waiting on something else. Um, God has a purpose in today. You say, well, I'm waiting on this, and that's where I want to be, and, and I want this to happen in my life. I want God to answer this prayer, and this is what I want, but God has a purpose for today. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says that every one of our days are written in his book. The good days, the bad days, the boring days, the ho-hum days... All of the days of our lives are written in God's book. Every one of those days is important. You say, well, I don't see the importance of it. Well, you don't have to. I, there's a lot of things I think we won't realize till we get to heaven. But God has a purpose in each day. So, so our day is not determined, or our usefulness is not determined by what we think, but it's determined by our obedience to God. And you can obey God whatever situation you're in. Um, sometimes I'll have people uh, ask me, say, well, you know, uh, I'm shut in. I, I can't do anything for God. All I can do is sit here. And uh, what purpose do I have? But everybody has a purpose. I remember, uh, I remember one day I was, I'd gone to, to see Ruby Fritz. I was talking about Ruby Fritz, something about discipleship training. I keep connecting with it. But anyway, uh, this is a different story. But I, I'd gone to see Ruby Fritz in the nursing home and was, was sitting there talking to her. And I noticed there was a lady kind of coming, and she had, she had a scowl on her face. I mean, she looked like she was mean, and she was about ready to hit somebody in the nose. And I was thinking, what's going to happen with this? You know, <laughs> is, uh, is there somebody off their medication or what's going on? You know, and I, I was really a little bit concerned. And she, she walks up, she's got a walker, and she bumps in to Ruby's table where she's sitting. And Ruby looked over at her and she grabbed her hands like this and she said, aren't you pretty? And that lady, that scowl turned into a huge smile. She about busted the hair off the top of her head with that smile. And I thought, wow. She has totally changed this lady's attitude with one comment of encouragement. 
Isn't that amazing? She was in the nursing home. What purpose do I have? She had a purpose of bringing encouragement. Uh, Joyce, I remember your mama singing in the nursing home. You, you told me one time, you said, you need to go see her. She won't remember that you're there, but you need to go see her because when you go there, you'll hear her singing. And I remember going into the nursing home, and sure enough, I heard her singing hymns uh, when I went into the nursing home. And uh, I, I believe God had a purpose for her there. And God was using her to bring encouragement to others. Um, it's amazing how God can use us if we just follow him in simple little things that we do each day. It might be a word of encouragement share. Uh, it might be um, <clears throat> a scripture uh, or, or something that we give to someone. But God will use us as, we're, as we follow him day by day. Um, ultimately, all of us are in a, a position of waiting, aren't we? Because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. Really, this life is not what it's about. There's a greater day coming. And one day God's going to give the command. Jesus is going to come get his bride. And we're going to vault out of here at high speed warp. I mean, we're going to be out of this place forever. Won't that be a great day? Won't it be an exciting day when we see him? We're waiting in the meantime. But as we wait, we can strengthen our heart in the Lord. I love what the scripture says about David. He strengthened his heart in his God. And uh, that's how we, we make it through those times of waiting. So strengthening your heart, how do you do it? Enjoy him, trust him, worship him, seek him, and follow him. And God will strengthen your heart. Uh, one other comment. Uh, if you don't know Christ, I think we're, it's a Sunday night crowd, but perhaps there's here... Uh, someone here tonight that doesn't know Christ, can I say to you, the first way to strengthen your heart is to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says when you surrender your heart to him and you put your trust in him, receive that gift of eternal life that God himself comes to live within you. And he is the comforter, uh, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will send the comforter to you. And so when you put your trust in Christ, God himself comes to live within you and becomes your comforter for those difficult times of waiting in your life. And he strengthens your heart. He is the person that strengthens your heart as you're doing these different things we've mentioned here tonight. So if you don't have him living within you, you need a relationship with him. And the good news is that Jesus has lived the perfect life you and I couldn't live. He died the death that we deserved and rose again. And because of that, God will give us the gift of eternal life because Jesus has paid for it at the cross. And so if you're ready to surrender your life to him and receive that gift, uh, you can do so tonight. Uh, I'm going to be standing here at the front after, after we pray here in just a moment. We'll begin to sing. You come, and I'd be happy to share with you how you can begin a relationship with Christ. And um, if you're here tonight and, and you know Christ, uh, perhaps it's one of these things that has has touched your heart, and maybe you need to, to come to this altar and just do a little seeking of the Lord or, or uh, just spend some time praising Him. Uh, or maybe you need to go encourage someone else who's struggling that God has laid upon your heart, but you respond to the Lord as He leads. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. 
<clears throat> when those times of waiting come, help us strengthen our faith.